Wednesday morning, everybody. Halfway through the week. Glad to be there. Are you glad to be there? Halfway Uh, through the week. Are you asking me or are you asking our listeners? I am so stinking glad to be at Wednesday. (laughs) Hump day. Coming up on today's show, when raw emotion comes to church. Mike, 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 Mike. Plus, latest news, random facts. (laughs) <laughs> and a game. But first, it is March 20th, and we got a few holidays to celebrate. Yes! Okay, finally. Are these good holidays? I can, <laughs> I can, finally. Number one, International Day of Happiness. Yeah. So just throw that whole hump day mindset mentality ooh, out the window. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I was doing background music for you. Oh. <laughs> That's the quintessential be happy song, right? Ooh. Well, no, I guess that's that's the last Don't generation's. Don't worry, be happy That's now. the last generation's uh, happy no, song. No, 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 no. Because today's is that no, other song. No, no, no. <laughs> Chris hates that song because he says, what the crap is a room without a roof? It's not a room then. It's just walls. <laughs> <laughs> this roof is not my son, but I will raise it anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. Be happy today, people. It is also National Ravioli Day. So listen, if you weren't able to find happiness anywhere else today, <laughs> go buy some raviolis. You will find not, it there. Not I some promise. Chef Boyardee raviolis. No, not Get Chef some Boyardee. Real ones. Get for mm. real. Listen. Not the frozen kind. You need to I'm go. I'm okay with the frozen kind. Nope. 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 You go <laughs> to the refrigerated section. Get the Bertoli. Uh-huh. The Bertoli yep. ravioli. If it has an Italian flag on it, you're okay to buy it. Right. Then it's good. Does uh, it have to? Is that like a thing? Like, if it has an Italian flag on it, it's from Italy? I don't know that it's a thing. Okay. Because someone else could... Be making them here in a factory in America and just sticking an Italian flag Absolutely. on Absolutely. But it's <laughs> But as a general rule. It's a general rule. That served yeah. you well. Exactly. Okay. All right. Yep. <laughs> and lastly, it is the first day of spring. If you can believe it, because gosh. I know. It's been snow everywhere, freezing cold here. Yeah. Man. We I do feel like it has been a crazy it's been a late winter. I feel like yeah. Phil came out and was like, yeah, it's going to be an early spring. But then weather, Mother Nature was like, eh, not so much. A groundhog <laughs> does not determine when spring is coming. Groundhog. Groundhog. <laughs> Punk's a tawny Phil. He is a punk. He is a punk. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you love what we do here at the Backrow Morning Show and Backrow Radio in general, please consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash Backrow Radio. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Backrow Radio. Uh, as we've been mentioning these last few weeks, you know, we're, we're growing as a station. We're getting a lot of new listeners and we're adding a whole ton of music. Uh, we, we try and do two music updates every week at least. Uh, we do the normal one on Friday with new music uh, that's just come out uh, and singles and stuff like that. And then we try and get another one at least in there with some classic stuff, some stuff from some of the recent years. Uh, we basically have three different time periods that we draw music from. We have the 
the classic era for us, which is 95 to 2005. Then we have the recent era, which is 2006 to 2015. And then we have the kind of immediate past, you know, from 2015 to now, uh, 2016 to now. So we try and draw some music from each of those eras for our midweek update, which yeah. comes around Tuesday or Thursday. But anyway, we, we're, we're, we're trying to get as much music as we can, but that music costs money. Uh, and to air it costs money. And for you to listen to it, it costs us money because <laughs> of licensing. And uh, the more that we grow, the more money that's going to cost. And so if you want to keep us on the air, keep us doing what we're doing, keep us growing, uh, help us to expand this ministry and partner with us, we would be over the moon grateful. So again, you can find out more of that at patreon.com slash radio, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash radio, or go to backrowradio.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page, and you'll see the Patreon logo. You can click that there too. Before our big push used to be sponsor us so that we can start getting paid for doing what we love. And now our big push has become sponsor us so we can continue doing what we love. <laughs> for free for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep, that's it's it's uh, it's been interesting. Yeah, interesting growth. Yeah, uh, that's what the doctor says every time I walk in. You have an interesting growth. Uh, <laughs> here's the news: a British Columbia golfer captured video of an eagle that helped him transform a decent shot into a hole in one. That's right, folks. Eagle made an eagle. Wait, is that an eagle? Is a hole in one an eagle? I, think I don't it play is. golf. <laughs> I hope it is. Otherwise, that joke made no sense. The golfer said that he was playing his first round of the season uh, at a Vancouver area course when an eagle landed on the green of the second hole and started toying with his ball. The video shows the eagle toying with the ball before finally dropping it into a hole. Despite the rules of golf saying I need to replace it, which I did and missed the putt, this was still uh, this will still go down as my hole-in-one story for life, the filmer wrote. Did you look it up? Mm-hmm. Is an eagle a hole in one? Uh, eagle means scoring two under par. An eagle usually occurs when a golfer hits the ball far enough to reach uh, the green with fewer strokes than expected. That's okay. an eagle. So, so not a hole in one. Per, per se. Right. The hole in one could be an eagle. It could be an eagle, sure. But if it's par three, but you get it in two strokes, that's still considered an eagle. Okay. So it's like all hole-in-ones are eagles, but not all eagles are hole-in-ones. There you go. Yeah. Good job. Not vice versa. Exactly. Like all, like all surge protectors are power strips, but not all power strips are surge protectors. Speaking, if you didn't know that, by the way. Speaking on your terms. <laughs> if you didn't know that, by the way, just because it's long and has a bunch of plugs in it doesn't mean it's a surge protector. I know people that have a house full of those, the cheap ones that they buy at Walmart, thinking that they're protected from surges. They are not. (laughs) (laughs) That's your public service announcement. You're going to get burned by lightning. Literally. (laughs) All right, next news story. Rather than eating Tide Pods or spoonfuls of cinnamon or throwing cheese on your children's face. An echo-friendly new social media trend is inspiring people around the world to clean up litter. 
through the hashtag trash tag challenge. Uh, has reportedly been around for several years. Uh, it recently became a trending topic on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. Participants are challenged to find an outdoor area that has been littered with trash and take two photos of the scenery, one in which the viewers can see the garbage and the other in which they can see the revitalized area after you've cleaned up all the trash. That's nice. That's nice. That's a nice challenge. And then you challenge other people to do yeah. it in your posts. That's really cool. Good job. I like it. See, I like these challenges where there is an evident and immediate result. Mm -hmm. You know, like the ice bucket challenge that was supposed to be raising money for something that I don't even remember now. ALS. And I don't think it raised any money. Oh, it raised money. It just dumped a bunch of it ice raised, on people's It raised heads. money because a bunch of celebrities got involved. <laughs> and it okay. was supposed to be either donate or dump this ice bucket on you. Yeah. But when the celebrities got involved, they're like, well, we're rich, so we're going to do the ice bucket thing and, and still donate. donate. And so then it became that. But yeah. Yeah, it raised a good amount of money. Yeah. I remember okay. reading something about it. But there have been others <laughs> that are far dumber that have not done any good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, there are the pointless ones. Mm -hmm. Like the cinnamon challenge where you're trying to eat a big spoonful of cinnamon and not die. You're just or the Tide Pod challenge, which wasn't really a challenge. It was just a bunch of dumb people online. Yeah, I feel like it was just somebody stupid made a really poor decision. Yeah. And then they were trying to cover it up by saying, but it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these are like hoaxes. They're not actual challenges going around with a bunch of teenagers doing it. Yeah. Uh, there have been several of those. Pretty much every time I see something online, beware of this new challenge. It's always something stupid that, no, nobody's doing this. Well, that makes me feel a little better as far as a mom of teenagers. Uh, but that cinnamon challenge was real, though. And that messed up a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to swallow. It's, 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 like, it's like eating three saltine crackers in under a minute. Ramped up to 11. Like your mouth gets immediately dry and you start choking on that powder. Hey, that could be on our YouTube show. When we come back. Not the cinnamon. I'm oh, not eating, doing... eating three <laughs> No. See how many saltines we can eat in a minute. Two. That's going to be the limit. Nope. Nobody can eat three. <laughs> I bet you I can. <laughs> Every, everybody I love come, saltines. Everybody comes up all that. Three crackers in a minute. I can totally eat three crackers in a minute. You can choke and die. I can eat three crackers Everyone in one it. bite. <laughs> All right, Mo. That'll be our first episode back. Let's see right. if Mo can eat three saltines in under. You're minute. doing it too. I know I can't do it. Because <laughs> I'm trying. That's how we can do our new. That's how we can do season two. It, it would be season two, wouldn't it? See, what I really think we should do is just not set up the whole thing. Let's just do raw challenges where we each challenge each other to do something or we each claim that we can do something. And we just do raw footage recordings and put them up. Okay. And laugh. Okay. That's what I think we should do. Because right. that, that'd be a lot easier on me. There's very little editing and there's no setup really required. And then we could have like a standard punishment for the loser. Oh, we'll use our punishment deck. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> so oh, yeah. Oh, things. no. So many terrible things with that punishment deck. <laughs> hey, yeah. Punishment deck, guys. Buy that. Check that out. It's fun. It'll add spice to all of your games when... 
whoever loses has to be punished. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, because truly, there's no point in playing a group game unless there is a punishment. Right. There's just not. It also it would also work as truth or dare just by itself, uh, with the punishment cards being the dares. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're all they're all uh, quick and easy stuff. The stuff that you could find at your church or at your home. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of prep involved. You don't gotta have a whole bunch of weird um, props and junk to do this kind of stuff. Uh, find it at thebackrow.org in our BR Games section, Punishment Deck. Uh, I think it's 12 bucks. and it's really cool. It is really cool. The <clears> next <throat> time you play Heads Up. It was Mo's idea. It was I brought it idea. And I brought it to fruition. Because that's how we work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just want to give credit where it's due. Uh, yay! And also, if you uh, wind up hurting yourself, you can sue her, not me. <laughs> if you're in your 40s or your 50s and are looking to get fit for the first time in your life, you might want wonder gosh i got the hiccups you might wonder if it's even worth it is it even worth the effort once you're that old (laughs) a new study suggests it is people who start exercising later in life and yes we mean as late as your 50s reduce their mortality risk just as much as people who've been exercising their whole lives as compared to folks who are completely sedentary What's more, in a new study that held true regardless of how a person's BMI fluctuated throughout their lives, their body max index. So honestly, no matter where you're at in life, age-wise, it's worth it to get into shape if you've never done it before. What is that last sentence saying? It's saying that even if uh, the person has gone up and down in in weight or uh, essentially in weight, but I mean, the body mass index is how much you're supposed to weigh given your height. Mm -hmm. Even if that's fluctuated throughout the years and you've never been on any solid, healthy ground, uh, or even if you've gotten up to like my level where you're obese, uh, you can still get to that point where your mortality risk will drop down just as much. Because, you know, that's me. I've fallen. Yeah. I've fallen Your BMI has gone that up and down? Uh, for 33 years. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like mine's just gone up. No. Fluctuated I've fluctuated my entire life. <clears throat> up and down. Up and down. Yeah. Maybe I feel that's like why I don't like roller coasters. <laughs> I love roller coasters. My entire life about. is a roller coaster, people. <laughs> I don't need to ride one. <laughs> Do not need a physical representation of what I feel every day. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, stupid! I already feel like throwing up all the time. Uh, I don't need to go on the twisty goo roller coaster. True. Tri- <laughs> I was going to say true story, but it was going to be tristy. I guess true story. True story. Twisty goo. Just go. <laughs> Coming up later in the show. How do we... How do we... See? <laughs> it's, it's Wiki Wacky Wednesday. <laughs> Take another running shot of that. Coming up later in the show. How do we react to raw emotion at church?
back to the Back Row Morning Show, second hour of this Wednesday, and we are glad Wednesday. that you're with us. <laughs> Let's start it off with some random facts. All right. At the 1932 Olympics, the 3,000-meter steeplechase was run over 3,460 meters because an official lost count of the number of laps. That stinks. <laughs> right? <laughs> They're like, the Olympians are exhausted, and they're like, I've been training for this for years. Why can't I do it? Why isn't this ending? I've surely done enough by now. Uh, if you put your earphones against your nostrils and and open your mouth, it makes you a human loudspeaker. It's the same principle as like sticking your phone in a cup. It shoots out the sound a little more. Yeah. You put your stuff, stick your earphones up in your nose and then turn it up and open your mouth. <laughs> I feel like there would be all this vibration. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't you think so? Maybe. And the sound Maybe waves are traveling heavy. through your sinuses, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I. I want to try it only for that feeling. Just only the, to see. Just to see what the experience is like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Uh, the last Beatles song was recorded in 1995. The three surviving members reunited to complete an unfinished John Lennon single, Real Love. Oh. Yep. They're kind of like DC Talk. DC Talk kind of followed that same pattern. Oh. Came back together and recorded Love Looks Like or whatever it's called. <laughs> So, yeah, DC Talk <laughs> is kind of like the Beatles. That's what I meant. That's what uh, I meant. <laughs> Russian President Boris Yeltsin first question, Yeltsin's first question when he met President Clinton in 1995 was, do you think OJ did it? <laughs> what do you think, Matt? Uh, yeah. <laughs> But that's because I grew up watching Norm Macdonald on, on Weekend Update on SNL, and he, he got. I mean, he got fired for doing as many jokes as he did. About really, OJ Simpson. Yeah, he was just one hundred percent. Every every punchline to every joke he did, which was one a week about OJ Simpson, ended with uh, murdering people. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is. <laughs> so. Now that the trial's over, O.J. Simpson has decided he wanted to get back to doing what he loves best. Murdering, murdering people. people. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, that eventually got him fired. Well, <laughs> you know, I may have to go back as an adult now and watch some Saturday Night Live there's because no, I wasn't allowed to. There's a, a whole kid. collection. Actually, I just watched it recently. There's a whole collection on YouTube of uh, Norm MacDonald making O.J. Simpson jokes. Really? It's great. <laughs> Huh. You need to watch it. <laughs> I will. Um, and lastly, in uh, 1883, the U.S. Supreme Court unanimously decided that tomatoes were a vegetable. Mm-hmm. It's already been settled, folks. I know. I don't of know course. why people are still arguing about it. Like, actually, I found this interesting. I looked it up. Um, it's It was actually about tariffs. Um, it was when they were importing... Uh, importing vegetables or whatever ta- taxation on oh, okay. it okay. that you could tax vegetables, but they wouldn't. They weren't taxing fruits. fruits. Okay, and so they wanted more income. So they're like, no, tomatoes are vegetables. Let's just that's it. So it had nothing to do with science or anything. It was just money. 
Okay, so I now can understand why, not that I agree with it, but I can understand the argument behind, no, a tomato is a fruit, not a vegetable, because nobody wants to pay taxes. Like, that is the, (laughs) you are not American if you're okay with paying taxes. And so everybody digs in their heels to pay taxes, and no, I'm not taxing my my tomato. It's a fruit. It's not a vegetable. You can't tell me. Tell me what to do with my tomatoes. I mean, truthfully. You can't just change what a tomato is. Have you ever met an American that's like, yes, I will pay my taxes willingly and without (laughs) argument. No complaints from me on taxing. Uh, nope. I know. (laughs) It is the most American thing. Not even myself. To be mad at taxes. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, we're going to move on to game time. Uh, Mo is our undisputed back row champion. What? What? She is the holder of the title belt. So for me to even challenge her again for it. He has to win this one. I have to win this game. I have to win a game before I get a chance to play a game for the title. So we're going back to one of our old favorites, Bible or Not. Which I have a good record in. I have a good record in it. Yeah. Let's get a notepad open here so I can keep track of our score. I'm going to read you 10 Bible or Nots. you got to tell me. Uh, these are quotes uh, that could be from the Bible or that could be from several different sources like Shakespeare or rap lyrics or what, uh, what else. Uh, Gandhi. Could be a bunch of things. Uh-huh. Some of them are clearly obvious, but a lot of them are hard. A lot of them are very difficult. A lot of them are very hard. So uh, we are going to do this. I'm going to read 10 to her. You can play along at home. But she's going to guess as many as she can, right? And then we will swap it around, and she will read 10 to me. And whoever guesses the most wins. Simple. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. All right, number one. I pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage the anguish of your bereavement and leave you only the cherished memory of the loved and lost. <laughs> the face that most makes. See, like, these are one of those... <laughs> That it's got sounds a lot, like it could got be a lot Bible. of words, a lot of Bibley words in there. I'm saying not Bible though. You are correct. That was Abraham Lincoln. There we go. I would have gotten it wrong. I would have guessed Bible. Good job. Now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wondrous works, a teacher of such men as receive the truth with pleasure. Bible or not? Bible. Wrong. That was Josephus, Antiquities of the Jews. Uh, I forgot. I don't need to keep score. Keep score for me. Nice app, Bible or not. (laughs) Download it today. Number three. There, but for the grace of God, go I. Bible or not. (laughs) That's one of those really well-known phrases that nobody knows where it came from. (laughs) With 100% certainty. Bible. But for the wrong, that was John Bradford, an English preacher. (laughs) All right, number four. Sorrow is so easy to express and yet so hard to tell. Bible or not? See, now I'm thrown. (laughs) What is real? This could so be a proverb. Right. That's what I'm thinking too. But it might not. What you but got? we haven't had a single Bible yet. 
But these probably come up randomly, so it's possible that that could go the whole route. Who knows? I've only got one right, and I'm on number four. Uh-huh. I'm saying Bible. Wrong. Joni Mitchell, Canadian musician. <laughs> All right. Number five. Wasn't she an 80s singer? I think so, yeah. Joni Mitchell, that sounds right. The Fallen Shall Rise Again. Bible or not? Not. Good job. That was Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> <laughs> right, number six. Good things happen to good people. Bible or not? Not. <clears throat> good. That was anonymous. Uh, come back to me as far as you can, and I will meet you the rest of the way. Bible or not? Not. Correct. That was The Chosen, 1981. Number eight. There is no crime greater than greed. Bible or not? Not. Correct. That was Tao Te Ching. Number nine. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Bible or not? Not. Hard one. Oh, it was Philippians 4 5. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten that one either. All right, last one. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Bible or not? Bible. Correct. Genesis 28 11. All right. Hey, you got six right. Did I get six right? Six okay. right, four wrong. Not too shabby. All right, let's pull it up again. Reach across the desk. Okay. All right. All right, are you ready? So I got to beat six. Let's do yep. it. Take one step toward God, and he takes two steps toward you. Not the Bible. <laughs> Correct. It was anonymous. Uh, one ought to fear these things, only that they have power of doing harm. The others not, for they are not dreadful. Oh, gosh. Not? Correct. That was Ooh. Dante, the Divine Comedy. Oh, Dante. Uh, there we go. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. Bible. Correct. Revelations 11. Revelation Eleven thirteen. <laughs> he assembled the Sanhedrin of judges and brought before them the brother of Jesus, who was called Christ, whose name was James. I feel like it has to be Bible, right? That's Bible. what I thought a couple times. <laughs> Wrong! Ha! Ah! And it's the same one who got me. Josephus. Josephus. Ah. Antiquities of the Jews. Whoever Freaking he... Josephus. <laughs> I hate you, Josephus. <laughs> a beautiful ornament looks best on a beautiful woman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it could be song of song. I was going to say. <laughs> you never know, folks. You never know. Uh, no, but not Bible. Correct. It's a Hebrew proverb, though. Huh? Okay. Uh, there is no peace without hope, no hope without liberty, no liberty without integrity. Ooh. Not Bible. <laughs> Glenn Beck, American broadcaster. Glenn Beck. <laughs> Glad I got that one right. Uh, okay, we're on number seven. O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. Hmm. 
Man, that's a hard one. Bible? Correct. Woo. Daniel 5, 10. We're tied. Ooh, how many do I have left? Uh, Three? Yep. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. till The, the Bible. Pe- Stupid. <laughs> Joshua 10, 13. You have to at least let me finish the quote. <laughs> I recognize it right away. <laughs> Sun stood still. Are we done? Or do you want to see just how sure. smart yeah, let's see you how, are? Let's see how much I can wallop you by. Oh, <laughs> we got another one? Another this, is for, one? this is for all our Baptist brothers and sisters. <laughs> Once saved, always saved. <laughs> uh, not the Bible. Correct. And... <laughs> It's anonymous. <laughs> People, the person who said it didn't want to be credited for saying it. Uh, live and let live. That would be the Beatles. <laughs> it's actually anonymous, but. Uh-oh. All right. So you got nine correct. Oh, no, that was live and let die. Yeah, live and let. Live and let die. Live and let die. That was not the Beatles voice. I just did. No, it wasn't, but I didn't either, so it's all right. We both destroyed. <laughs> I got nine right. Yeah, yeah. yeah all right, buddy. so next right, week. So next week I get to challenge for the title again. Next week you're going down. <laughs> all right, when we come back, raw emotion at church. Stick around. back to the back row morning show here on this wednesday morning we're in our third hour our third hour we like to take a little longer look at a topic and today we're going to be talking about when raw emotion is shown at church uh this comes from an article from relevant uh magazine uh the article is by scott Sauls. it's called when cuss words addiction and shame show up at church uh and basically i want to start with the the premise of it which is a story that i want to read uh that's how the article starts too Uh, One Sunday at church, a woman named Anne showed up. From the start, it was clear that her life had been shredded up by hard living. Anne explained to our greeters that she was in recovery from an opioid addiction, specifically heroin, uh, to which the needle streaks and scars on her arms gave witness. She was barely 30 days sober. The people at the rehab center had encouraged her to add religion to her life, quote-unquote, because religious involvement tends to decrease the chances of relapse. On her way to the worship service, Anne dropped her two boys off at the nursery. When she returned after the service, a woman named Jane broke some bad news to her. During the service, Anne's two boys had been aggressive with several of the other children and broke several of the toys. Humbly, Jane said to Anne, I'm so sorry to tell you all this, but I thought that the boys, as the boy's mother, you would want to know. Impulsively, Anne responded by yelling the S-word in front of several children and parents. What happened next caused... 
Uh, this is the, the author of the article. What happened next caused my heart to sink. First, silence. Next, an embarrassed, burning blush rising to Anne's face. Then Anne walking the walk of shame from the nursery and out the door, forlo- forlorn and beaten down. No doubt, uh, for the upteenth time in her life, by the shame and regret and the familiar feeling of failure. Uh <clears throat> It would be easy for our church to recover from this nursery incident with Anne and her boys, but would Anne recover? Could Anne recover from the shame that she carried out the door, the shame of the mother and recovering addict who took a risk, went to church, and bellowed an obscenity in front of all the children? Sadly, probably not. But Jane had an idea. What if she could assure Anne in the same way that the angel of the risen Jesus reassured the once demon-possessed Mary Magdalene? And the coward betrayer Peter in Romans sixteen one through eight. What if roughly two thousand years after the fact <clears throat> or not in Romans sixteen, that's another verse about those, sorry. Uh what if roughly two thousand years after the fact the resurrection story could be uh, reenacted with life giving, shame reversing, community forming words delivered not by an angel, but by Jane, the nursery worker. Jane sent a letter to Anne that read something like this. Dear Anne, it's me, Jane, from the nursery at church on Sunday. I'm writing first to let you know that all is well at the church, no harm done, and the broken toys, no problem. We needed to replace so many of them anyway. But what I really want to do, Anne, is thank you. Thank you for the way that you wore your heart on your sleeve on Sunday. That meant a lot to me because I am often tempted to hide the messy things that agitate my heart. Thank you for being willing to be honest. Your courage to be honest got me thinking, what better place to be honest than church? You remind me that Jesus invites us all to come to him raw and real and to do that together and never alone. I hope to see you again. More than this, I hope we can become friends. Sincerely, Jane. The next Sunday, Anne returned to church. Having limped out the door the previous Sunday, she returned with a spring in her step that said, These are my people, and I want their God to be my God too. And her people we became, and our God, the resurrected and living one, Jesus Christ, became her God too. As her newfound faith grew over time, Anne would attest with a smile that she was a beautiful mess, a work in process, uh, toward her ultimate completion in Christ. Her presence in our community was so good for all of us. Then, two years after her cussing incident in the nursery, Anne became the nursery director for the church. There you go. A happily ever after story. Right? Yes and no. Several years later, we received a message that was short and heavy. Anne, having been many years sober, had relapsed and died from a heroin overdose. The author writes, Anne reminds us that trusting in the risen Savior is more than a mere intellectual endeavor. It has to be more than intellectual for our faith to mean anything. It has to be visceral from the gut, heart level, and even more than all of these things, true. It has to be true. Because without resurrection, there is no hope for Anne and there is no hope for us. If Christ is not risen, we are of all people the most to be pitied. If Christ is not risen, we are still in our sins and are without hope. And yet Christ is risen indeed. What's more, he is going to return to make all things new. So that is just the start of this article. There's a whole lot more to this uh, that he goes on to uh, talk about. What's his name again? Scott Sauls uh, in this article, When Cuss Words, Addiction, and Shame Show Up at Church, uh, Relevant Magazine. But what drew me into this initially was the title. Mm -hmm. I thought, 
that's got to be about Celebrate Recovery. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, it's not specifically about Celebrate Recovery, but this is a woman who was in recovery for an addiction and was encouraged to add church, add religion, quote unquote, is what she was encouraged to, um, because it does kind of protect, or help protect against relapse to have that community around you. But, I mean, what, what's your initial thought? I guess I want to get your raw thoughts on that first. I love everything about this article. How this was handled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think there is that feeling of when you're not when you're at church and you're not perfect, there is that feeling of shame mm-hmm. and condemnation. But at the same time, it's a it's a displaced shame, but one that everybody feels. Because if we're all being honest, we're at church because we're messed up. <laughs> we're not at church because we're perfect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The people who feel that they're perfect are the ones who are sitting at home on Sundays. <laughs> For the most part, it's those of us who know that we are hurting. We know we're broken. We know we've messed up. We know we all around, for the most part, suck at life. And, and, if, and if there are people in your church who feel like they're perfect, they're just in denial. Which means they're definitely not perfect. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's, uh, I, um, for me, that's what I love about Celebrate Recovery. And it's, I, I've said it so many times, it is what church is supposed to be at mm-hmm. its core. It is a bunch of broken people who openly and willingly admit that they're broken, but we don't stay broken. We work together as a community to lift each other up, encourage each other, and to become healed through our higher power. Yeah. And see, I think uh, back when we were doing the podcast, we had an episode where we talked about cussing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it specifically brought up because of some certain music artists have used cuss words. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Rubin has used cuss words in his recent album, which... Got it banned from Christian Airwaves. Uh, P.O.D. used Mm -hmm. the F word in one of their songs, but they blurred it out. But it was still clear that that was the song. I mean, that was the word. Um, And it came to the point where when is it okay to be visceral? When is it okay to be honest with how we're feeling and react the way that we would react? Mm -hmm. I mean, we all know that we're messed up. We all know that we're sinners. We all know that we... Are, are struggling so from time to time worse than any other points in our lives. And we're not, you know, it's not to condone cussing, but sometimes with raw emotion, that might be the only expression that we have. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's a big difference between casual cussing Mm-hmm. Like the stuff that you start hearing in junior high school mm-hmm. as children start figuring out these words exist. Mm-hmm. And like genuine visceral reactions. Because that's essentially the only time I cuss either, which is very rare. Yeah. And I can almost always stifle it when I'm in front of people. Yeah. But when I'm by myself, uh, if I'm going to have a visceral reaction, I'm probably going to use a cuss word. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are like that when we're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that 
especially in situations where we're beaten down like this, like Anne felt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think that God is hearing her say that cuss word. And the only thing God's thinking is, well, that was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think God thought that at all, to be totally honest. Right. I think because... And God's not a, is... God's not a rule book. <laughs> exactly. And I, I don't know why it's a running theme this week for me to keep going back to the, the big picture of things. But we as a... You know, if I were standing there picking up my kids at the nursery and I heard this woman who had never been in the church before throw out the S word and just so flippantly, I'm only seeing that small portion. Mm -hmm. Whereas God sees Anne as the recovering addict who is really uncomfortable, is stepping out of her comfort zone to go to church. Yep. Is dropping off her kids. And listen, and. Maybe it's because of the history with Celebrate Recovery, but I'm thinking of some of our ladies who come to the program Mm -hmm. and, you know, they have gone through a, um, like an outpatient rehab. Yeah. Okay. And they haven't seen their kids in months, six months for many of them. This could be Anne's first week back with her kids it could be her first month with her kids Mm -hmm. you know and she's uncomfortable letting anybody really watch her kids or you know what i mean these kids have dealt with addiction with their mom so of course their behavior in the nursery is destructive yeah you know they're dealing with their own emotional things and drops them off reluctantly one because she doesn't want to leave her kids and two because she knows that they're kind of going through some behavioral things it's probably not going to go good she goes and sits down in the sanctuary. She's feeling uncomfortable the entire time. <laughs> she gets up to go get her kids. She's just ready to leave, and she gets bad news. Yeah. She Her worst fear is revealed, and what the crap? <laughs> she throws out the S word. You know, in that moment, I can't imagine her having any other real reaction. Yeah. And in that moment, all that I can think is God looking down with grace and mercy and every ounce of him just wanting to wrap his arms around Anne and say, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And see, I think I think that we, we kind of force ourselves into a kind of double standard as Christians in that when we're talking about salvation, we always want to say, well, it's not a religion or a, a rule book. It's a relationship mm-hmm. with God. But then once you become a Christian, if you're not following all these rules, suddenly it's a rule book again. Suddenly yeah. it's a religion. Suddenly it's you know, doctrine this, doctrine that, and not a relationship that you're building with God, not a a uh, a journey that God is taking you on through life and mm-hmm. seeing your ups and downs and preparing you for better. It's not that anymore. Now it's... Are you living exactly how I think the Bible says you should be living? Right. And that's such a dangerous place for us to get into. And that's been the cause of several of our problems, both, you know, locally, individually and nationally and worldwide, is that we get too bogged down in what the perfect Christian's supposed to be that we don't realize there's no such thing. There is no perfect Christian. Yeah. And that will never be. Yeah. Why can't we focus on the things that are important and not the minutia, the little garbage mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything in the long run yeah. that, frankly, you don't know anything about in mm-hmm. that person's life? Yeah. Um, there's a movie 
one of the one of the very few Christian movies that have been made that I actually really like, and not necessarily for the production value, even though the production value is still higher than most Christian movies, but because of the message that it sent. It has two cuss words in it, and that shook me first of all. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Yeah, I didn't expect that. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, by the way, the guy who started it, it's Michael W. Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's not some faux non-Christian thing that pretended to be a Christian thing. This was a legit story. Yeah. And it's about an inner city church that is a sister church to a big mega church. Mm-hmm. That is eventually going to get torn down. That's the goal. The megachurch wants to tear it down, build a new sister church, build uh, rebuild that church, but it's going to be built like off out of the inner city area, and they don't want to move. Yeah, they want to reach the the gangs and the people in the inner city. <clears throat> and so, this movie has a lot of raw emotion in it from the pastor of that inner city church, um, and Michael Levy Smith is playing the son which is also an associate pastor of the mega church pastor guy. And he's going down there to basically learn how to be in the position he's supposed to be in. And one of the scenes is between the janitor of the church, who's a bit handicapped, not, not so badly, but it's clear that he is a little bit mentally slow uh, in the movie. And one of the guys who helps run some of the youth programs but who used to be in a gang and his little brother had gotten into a gang and was trying to get out. And so he went and basically you have to be jumped out of this gang, which is where they beat the junk out Mm -hmm. of you. Uh, And he went and he took the beating for his brother. Mm. Well, when he came back, uh, he, he, uh, the janitor asked him, you know, did it hurt? And he was still, you know, this had just happened. He was still irritable and raw about mm-hmm. it. And he said, yeah, it hurt like H-E double hockey sticks. But he only said it. And the janitor's first response, the janitor guy was, Jesus doesn't like it when we swear. Mm. And later in the movie, they did a whole foot washing scene where these people have been bickering all this time and finally laid down their their garbage and apologized and was washing each other's feet and the janitor stepped up and took and came and has very emotional moment where he said i was more worried about the words you said than than how you felt and i'd never been beaten up like that and i had no right to say that to you mm. and it was just heartbreaking i cry every time i want i want to cry right now <laughs> uh it was heartbreaking but so beautiful and that that's exactly how we should be thinking about these situations. Yeah. Is stop, stop, like, jumping to being the judge right away. Like, we get it. We understand that that uh, sometimes your life is so great and you want to be able to boss everybody else around, but that's not our role. And you're going to sneeze. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I really didn't want to do that. I'm sorry. Uh, that's not our role to be... be uh, the church lady all the time. You yeah. Know? Mm. But, yeah, it's just we've got to be able to connect with people where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the most beautiful story of a reaction to that situation. Because, mm-hmm. uh, of course, I completely understand the original reaction, too. 
where well, they yeah, were, they were shocked, aback. taken aback, and didn't know how to react. Exactly. Because that doesn't happen a lot at church. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I get that. But how they handled it afterwards, fantastic. Yeah. And they showed, he, he listed out exactly what that did, how that got her back in that church the very next Sunday, how she realized that this is where she belongs. She got involved, and she even got involved with the nursery. Yeah. I think that is absolutely beautiful. Heartbreaking at how her story ended. But that's how addiction yeah. gets us sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's 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 really hard to escape that forever, um, and that's something that Mo and I have seen through mm-hmm. Celebrate Recovery. You know, some some people can stick it out right away. Some people have to keep trying. Some people go away and come back, uh, have to get in trouble again or or fall off again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I myself relapsed several times, but uh, I was fortunate enough to have the willpower <laughs> from God to stay in the program and not abandon the program. Uh, and it eventually took hold in me, but mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, that, that is heartbreaking, but imagine what, what, I, the only thing I'm thinking about with that is if they hadn't reached out to her, mm-hmm. that could have happened that week. She could have died oh, that absolutely. week. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that could have been the one thing that pushed her over the edge yeah. back into relapse mm-hmm. is the shame that she walked away feeling that day because of her reaction. Absolutely. Her one moment of weakness that she showed in front of these people. And it would have been a lot easier for Jane, the nursery worker, to have not written the letter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm sure that was an eternal, eternal, internal <laughs> battle struggle with her yeah. uh-huh do i write this do i not write this i do don't know this lady go and not address yeah. this yeah. yeah is it going to cause more problems that i bring it up and i you know mm-hmm. but for her to follow the prompting of the holy spirit and to write that letter i think that's something that we as believers and mature believers need to do more of yeah to not doubt and second guess wait is that is that me or is that god what am I supposed to do here I don't you know because it just like you said that can be the one thing that that person is needing that's going to determine their next step Mm -hmm. are they gonna walk forward to Christ or are they gonna turn around and walk to their comfort zone and what they've always known yeah you know absolutely I just I so I was Anne a few years ago at the Awana Derby Oh, and right. I've told this story before, so we won't go into too much detail about it. But I, and I remember, I did, obviously didn't cuss, but I got in kids' faces that were not my kids and screamed at them in front of a room full of people. And I remember that guilt and shame, that immediate, oh, what did I just do? You know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this, this was a bad reaction. Yeah. I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know how to respond. And if I'm being totally honest, we may have switched churches way back then. Had it not been for the parent of those children who I yelled at coming alongside me and loving me and saying, it's okay. It is perfectly okay. It's going to be all right. Oh, man. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is a lot, lot more to this article. Like I said, this was just the beginning uh, of it. Uh, go check it out on relevantmagazine.com. 
Uh, it is When Cuss Words, Addiction, and Shame Show Up at Church by Scott Sauls. Really good story, really good article all around. Uh, a lot more for you to discover there, uh, so go check that out. Let's move on to our Ask Us Anything before uh, we close out this hour. Okay. Ask Us Anything for today is what is the most amazing slow motion video you've seen? I don't really think that I've seen like many slow motion videos. Yeah. And I can't really pinpoint one that was the most amazing. But I do enjoy watching, like, cats and dogs drinking water in slow motion. (laughs) I know what you mean. Because you're seeing the tongue. Yes. How the tongue moves. Yes. Yeah, how it laps it up behind. Isn't it behind for dogs? Like it picks, scoops it up almost like a ladle. Yep. Yeah. I I get you. It's one of those things where it's very strangely gratifying. And you're like, how is that even working? That doesn't make My a tongue lot of can't sense. do that. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that would be uh, my answer. All right. Uh, there are some guys on YouTube called the Slow Mo Guys. Okay. Which this is all they do is they do different weird things and they use one of those like really intense slow mo cameras like they used on that planet earth documentary for the whales or whatever that just got just mm-hmm. barely moving at all but it's super uh, high definition and so they did one video i think is the coolest one where they had big big molds of jello mm-hmm. that they threw up and the other guy took a tennis racket and hit it and what it did in slow mo, you could see, you know, when not in slow mo, it just explodes. Yeah. But in slow mo, you see that the jello slides through in big, colorful ribbons through the tennis racket, really slowly That's wiggling cool. like worms in the air. It's really neat. Huh. They did it multiple times. It was very, very cool. That's cool. <laughs> Have to go watch I like it. Like that one. Yeah. All right. So stick around. We will be back soon to close out the show for the day. Back row morning show as we close out this Wednesday morning. We've got your Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is 1 Peter 2, 2 through 3. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And our thought for the day comes from Tim Keller. He reminds us that your future self will always see your present self as unwise and immature. That means you are currently unwise and immature right now. (laughs) Thank you for joining us this morning. We are here every Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore presentation at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific. And if you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed together for you into a podcast or on backrowradio.com. Be sure to connect with all aspects of the back row by visiting thebackrow.org and join our meme-packed Facebook group at brbchurch.com. If you love what we do here on the Back Row Morning Show and Back Row Radio as a whole, please consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash backrowradio. And hey, join us tomorrow 
for our hundredth morning show. Ah! What? Hey Mo, what's the final word? Ship. With a P. I can't believe you did this to me again. <laughs> she said ship like a like a mothership, like a pirate ship, and she did it to to get a visceral reaction from all of you and from me. Just like she did the first time where I nearly uh, crudded my pants. <laughs> I went down two levels from the S word for that. Not crap. I went to crud. Well, I say crap all the time. <laughs> but you, but no, I'm saying that you made me go two levels down because you scared me so much. Ugh. That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.